0: and a warm welcome to Living Fabulously with Bev. I'm a wellbeing coach, change specialist and founder of Living Fabulously. The mission for this fortnightly show is to get to the heart of wellbeing through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines and exploration of topics that underpin wellbeing. I invite you to take control of your wellbeing and put yourself front and center in your life. If you're feeling tired and burned out from the stress of having it all, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Today it gives me much pleasure to introduce my guest, Jane Turner. Welcome to you, Jane.
1: Thank you, Bev. It's lovely to be
0: here. So Jane Turner is a writing and wellness coach based in Sydney, Australia. Jane wrote her first book in 2014 and now runs book writing workshops to help others achieve the kind of empowerment and transformation that she experienced herself through the process of writing a book. So Jane, how would you describe your journey to well-being?
1: Look, if I was to put it in one word, Bev, I would say bumpy. (laughs) But you want more than one word. I had been um, right up to the age of 45, completely unaware of any baggage that I was carrying whatsoever. I now describe myself during those years prior to the age of 45 as an ego on legs I went through university as a star student. I rose through the ranks of organisations. I had a a career. I had a life that people would look at and think, oh, wow, you know, she's got it all together. And I came to that mid-career point in, you know, I was 45. People will come to that at some stage, uh, you know, any age really it can happen, where you ask yourself now, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Do I want to be managing people, managing budgets, managing politics within organisations such as I had been doing? Or is there something else that I would like to do? Mm. And without knowing why exactly, I was drawn to coaching, to going and getting some coaching training. And boy, was that an eye-opening experience for me. <laughs> I did a five-day course initially with the Behavioural Coaching Institute and I just froze in the headlights whenever we had to do any role playing around what we had learned theoretically and looking at how we would use that as a coach. I would just quickly want to wrap everything up for my role playing client and give them a solution. What I didn't want to take on board at the time was the fact that I was deeply, deeply fearful of emotions Mm. anything to do with emotional material, I would run to the winds. And that led me on a journey of discovery about what the heck was going on there for me. And to cut a very long story short, that led me to being trained as a neurolinguistic programming master practitioner. And during that period of training, what emerged for me was the fact that I was deeply traumatized in the womb. Mm. I was actually a case of... Vanishing twin syndrome, which is much more common than many people know. What was the case here for me was that my, you know, little partner there, Mm -hmm. the really the human contact that I had with another being was whipped away from me very early in the pregnancy, where my parents weren't even aware that. It wasn't just one baby that uh, my mother was carrying. And with vanishing twin syndrome, what happens is that the, um, the cells are just either reabsorbed back into the mother's body or into the twin's body. So that I went to the age of 45 not knowing anything about this and not realizing that I had a whole lot of dysfunctional behaviors wrapped around what I learned in the womb. And what that learning was, was don't feel your your emotions, don't feel your feelings because it hurts too much. Mm. So right back then, I learned how to bottle it all in. And eventually, if you bottle everything in, it's going to come up at some stage. And it came up for me like crazy when that uh, piece of information was revealed to me. And that led me on the journey of healing that part of me that really needed to get back in touch with all of the emotion and all of the pain wrapped around that very early experience. So if I fast forward to today, I mean, that wasn't an easy journey by any means, but gosh, it was the journey that needed to be had because now I am somebody who understands how to deal with any difficulties in life and nobody's life is difficulty free. Mm -hmm. That's not what human existence is all about. My belief here and my learning from my experiences is all about that actually we are here to evolve. And evolving has to do with overcoming any barriers that come our way. And really, that's my answer to you about how to describe my journey to well-being.
0: So what skills would you say you've developed or the lessons you learnt about improving your well-being?
1: Well, that has so much to do with being able to get out of your head and into your body to feel and to sense what's going on for you. As I said, you know, my history up to the age of 45 had been all about just achieving, 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 doing, 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 keeping away from feeling in whichever way I could manage to do that. So for me, this the skill that I had to develop and the learning around that was all about, well, how do I get out of my head, which was the only mus- muscle that I ever really bothered developing? How do I get out of the, the thinking part of me and into the feeling part of me? And the lesson around that was that we have one very, very available tool to do that, and that is our breath. To actually, you know, if you find what we call monkey mind happening, that is all the internal talk, the think, 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 uh, if you find that happening and that, that is distracting you from being able to solve any problems that you actually come across in life, then if you can tap into that breath and just slow everything down, and actually observe your thoughts, rather than being entangled in them, then you can actually look at what's really going on and what really needs to be addressed. So that was the, the biggest lesson that I learned. And that is the biggest skill that to this day, I use to continue to increase my well-being because it's one of those journeys that never actually ends
0: <laughs> you know
1: that we, we have limitless potential. But again, this is my belief mm. but I believe it on a very deep level that we have limitless potential. And the skill that I use is just going right back into the fundamentals of what's going on in my body, bringing myself back into the here and now and just breathing through it.
0: And it's such an accessible thing, isn't it? Because we can do that at a very conscious level, even when we're in other people's company. Mm, indeed, you know, if we're finding ourselves getting a little ra to upset about the conversation that's been had, we can check in with our bodies, check in with our breath, and bring ourselves back, you know, and calm ourselves. <laughs> exactly, wonderful.
1: And what's so interesting about that as well, Bev, is that we then not only calm ourselves, but that helps the other person to calm as well. You know, we're energetic beings, and the energy that we project out. Is then projected back to us. So it's it's such a useful skill. Mm. It really, really is.
0: And I think it's hard for anyone who's feeling angry to face someone who's feeling calm. You know, you could either either feed the negative energy or the positive mm-hmm. energy. So we make a choice about being shifting towards that calmer, positive state. It does influence the the, the person we ha- we're having that conversation with. Mm. So true. Mm. And some of the things I'm interested in is you've go through this transformation. What was it that you did to manage your attitude and mindset at the time? Because clearly you're kind of unpacking your old suitcase Mm. and you're creating this new way of being. So what were some of the things you did around your attitude and mindset?
1: Mm. So let me just, just remind anybody listening here that, of course, this wasn't a short journey from A to B. This was a, a an extended period of learning. So if I'm making this sound like you should be able to just get on and implement things to, you know, change your attitude and mindset, don't be at all flawed if you don't find it easy. Mm. It can take some time and some energy and some effort. But look, what I will say, Bev, is that that, Learning around attitude and mindset is absolutely fundamental. And if I look at the two biggest and most helpful pieces of learning, and I'm now going to talk about some of the wonderful teachers that are out there, and again, readily available for people through their books and through, you know, now we have YouTube videos and all sorts of different ways to find out about different things. But from a mindset and attitude point of view, Carol Dweck. And that's, uh, you know, Carol with the normal spelling and D-W-E-K, who really simplified what could be quite a, um, a complicated topic, uh, the one of mindset down to a basic framework whereby we can think about whether we're a person with either A, a, f- a fixed mindset or B, a, um, a learning mindset. And with the fixed mindset, of course, I look at myself up to the age of 45, where I thought, yes, I'm good at these kind of things. And these kind of things are the only things I'm going to be doing because I can't change or learn or grow. Or it's not worth even trying because this is who I am. This is how it is. And I'm going to make the most of that. On the other hand, the learning or better put, actually, as, as Carol Dweck says, the growth mindset is all about that you can actually get better at absolutely anything. That if you put um, time and effort into things that you may not yet be thriving in, then you can make improvements. And the way we can change being a um, a fixed mindset person to a growth mindset person is to actually, and as I said earlier, if you just can slow everything down for yourself and observe what's going on, what you do is observe what your fixed mindset thinking says to you. You recognise that you have a choice around this and you notice what a growth mindset talk would be like. You then talk to yourself as if you had a growth mindset And then most important of all, you take the kind of action that a person with growth mindset would take so that you can actually change the way that you interact with the world. Now, it's not as black and white as I made that sound. Sometimes we have approaches to life from a fixed mindset point of view in relation to some areas of our life and then a growth mindset uh, point of view in relation to other areas or sometimes we will be fixed on some occasions in relation to something um, such as exercise and then a growth mindset at other times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't want, to, don't want to make it seem so, so simple, but it's also not as complicated as it needs to be. And then the other thing that I would really recommend people watch a, uh, a YouTube video, there are so many of them, about the hero's journey. Now, the hero's journey came out of Joseph Campbell's wonderful book, The Hero of a Thousand Faces. And to cut a very um, complicated and long story short, what it's all about is the fact that we are all on a hero's journey, or in fact, most likely more than one hero's journey in our life. And what that has to do with is the fact that, and I hark back to the fact that I said we're all here to grow and evolve as far as I'm concerned. So through our life, we'll have a calling you know, a calling to grow. In the hero's journey, they call it a calling to adventure. And you may resist that for a period of time, but eventually you'll answer that calling. And that pulls you into an environment which can be, well, which is by its very nature, very challenging. But what happens naturally is that allies and teachers will appear for us so that we can work our own way through thresholds that appear. We go into a dark world, in some regards, that we don't even recognise ourselves. We don't see this as the world that we live in. But in fact, that is all about being motivated to move through our hero's journey, to overcome any barriers that we encounter. And in fact, the barriers are of our own making. They are from our own mind And if you think, and the YouTube videos, that, if you choose to watch them, will take you through common stories that we're all aware of that are played out in Star Wars Mm -hmm. and The Wizard of Mm -hmm. Oz and those wonderful films, and we get to see that actually those challenges are coming from within. So it's all about mindset, in Mm -hmm. fact. And as we keep moving forward because we are naturally heroes and I want people to recognise that. I now recognise that in myself. Mm-hmm. We then come back into a world that we're familiar with, but we come back into it in a different way. We now know so much more about ourselves and how we, we um, are the maker of our own destiny and we can come back and show that to other people and help other people. We then become the teachers and the mentors of others as we move through. So that's a very long answer to your question, you know, how did I manage my mindset and attitude? But I hope I
0: did give you an answer um, in the end. mm. So my takeaway there is about conscious choice. Mm. And to me, that's really important. So when you hear stories of others and you recognize that the environment was particularly difficult, but they made a conscious choice to rise above that. So that, for me, is pretty powerful. Mm. Yes, yes. What about your priorities at this time in your life? So you sort of got to that 45, you had that Mm -hmm. tipping point and you've changed it. So what are the priorities like in your life now? So, Mm -hmm. you know, what are the things that are more important to you than that perhaps they were before this transformation?
1: Yes. Well, look, to to give you a sense of where I am in life at the moment, I'm uh, I'm a woman in my uh, mid-50s. And I have a daughter who's 15 years old. So haven't we timed that well, Bev, in terms of my um, hormones uh, being a little awry with her more hormones being a little awry. We're at the you know opposite ends of, of that particular um, uh, spectrum. But look, what it's all about for me is in fact connecting, connecting mm-hmm. with self, connecting with others. And that was one of the lessons that I learned from actually having a daughter. I now look back and I see that I was pushed so far out of my comfort zone. No longer was it possible for me to just be the ego on legs. I was forced to connect. Mm. And boy, did I resist that though. I did everything to not have to to come to the realisation that I needed to do some work to help myself connect. So that was the beautiful lesson I had from my daughter. And to this day, I continue to have wonderful lessons from someone who I, I think is really an old soul, who was really brought to me to teach me. Mm. So that question of priorities is really now about staying open. R- really, even given the amount of healing and learning and working that I've done to stay present and connected and real, I still can lapse into old patterns. And patterns are very, very much a part of my coaching approach that if we can recognise patterns, then we can exercise that choice that you highlighted earlier, Bev, that for me it is all about just staying present, being real and always just being open to whatever it is that life brings, Mm. that there are no accidents here and we want to not be ever going into victim mentality that that was where I lived the first 45 years of my life. And I'm certainly not going to be investing any more time in something that that was essentially keeping me small.
0: And so, I mean, I, what I love about your story is that you've come into this wisdom and being older in your years. Mm. So if you could talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you share with her to put her on the path to lifelong well-being?
1: I would say, look, everything is okay. You don't have to run around and be everything to everyone, be the most popular person. When you feel empty, just feel that feeling. Don't make that feeling wrong. Mm. Don't try and fill yourself up. Be okay with who you are and be prepared to actually hurt if something hurts. Feeling that feeling isn't the worst thing in the world. (laughs) <laughs> that was something. Gosh, you know, no, we we don't look back and regret, and I don't regret a moment. But
0: not to be totally Pollyanna-ish
1: about this, gosh, I wish I knew those things back then.
0: Yeah, because I think the society we live in wants us to just pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and move on quickly. Mm. And so sometimes we we misconstrue that for not actually sitting there in the face and being curious about what's happening, you know, and being kind mm. in the process. but Kind,
1: yeah, yeah two beautiful words, um, Bev, kind and curious. Mm. Mm. Yes, if you can embody those, you know, even some of the time, but better still most of the time, gosh, <laughs> you know, you, your life will reflect back to you that experience.
0: And just in closing, Jane, is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: I had also a smaller but equally important awakening in 2014 when I wrote my first book, and this is what led me to where I spend most of my energy in my business at the moment, which is running uh, book writing workshops. Mm. It was apparent to me that something like a book which packaged up my my passion, my story, and built a bridge from me to my potential clients, mm. was the way to go. What I didn't know, though, was quite how life-changing writing a book was going to be. <laughs> and the the moments of truth for me came, uh, I should say, that I wrote um, a book about my experience of menopause. And the moment when I started to write about the options for women in menopause in my day versus I should say the options available to my mother many years earlier I just managed to make a connection with my mother who had been dead at that stage for you know 13 years I managed to make a connection with my mother that I never made when she was alive and even as I say that now I get a feeling in my heart Mm. (laughs) that I guess it's no surprise when we look back at at what I've said earlier about not being able to feel my feelings. Mm. Well, of course I then didn't feel that connection to my mother. Mm. It wasn't something I could do. But to finally have that feeling just even now lights me up and warms me up and I just feel so incredibly grateful so incredibly grateful and it was the process of writing the book that brought that experience to me and seriously, if I've never sold a single copy of that book, <laughs> it would still be so worth it. But of course, what the book did was enabled me to, you know, I've been featured in a um, Australia's leading women's magazine. I've built a thriving book writing coaching business there, and I've got to really step into my own story through writing the book. And gosh, the power of stepping into your story is not something to be underestimated. So this is something that I now enjoy doing so much because I work with people who are just at the tipping point there. They're just ready to step into their own story and in their own hero's journey. I am privileged to help them do that. Yes, Deb.
0: wonderful. And for those of you listening who want to find out more about Jane Turner, she has a website. It's called Write with Jane, W R R T E with jane J-A-N-E.com. and you can also find her on facebook under the same name right with jane jane thank you so much for sharing your journey and inspiring us to make conscious choices observe ourselves with curiosity and really connect with ourselves and others it's been really lovely to hear your story thank you bev it's been my honor
1: and it's been a joy
0: thank you so much for listening and i trust you enjoyed this episode You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website, www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Google Play. I invite you to spread the love around by sharing the podcast with a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously. I look forward to connecting with you online. You can find me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.